Beloved, you are about to listen to a message from Reverend Prince Lai. Reverend Prince Lai is the head pastor of Rescue World Chapel International and the lead evangelist of Christ the Healer Gospel Campaign. He has a dynamic teaching and healing ministry with miracles, signs and wonders that has affected and transformed many lives. And now, the voice of Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Now, we have done a very good job throughout the month of August to speak about a very wonderful weapon for victory, which is the weapon of testimony. And we are going to cross into a new month, and then we'll be speaking about new things. Because each month the Lord gives us a focus. Amen. Amen. But tonight, before we cross into another month, uh, we'll be praying into the coming month. Tonight, we'll pray into the coming month. Uh, we want to speak about something that is very important that is also a weapon. That is also a weapon. Amen. I call it speaking to your situation. Clap your two hands for Jesus. Speaking to your situation. Speaking to your situation. It is the weapon of confession. The weapon of confession. Many, many people pray and they don't really see the results because after they leave their prayer closet, everything they use their mouth to say is opposite the very things that they prayed about. Amen. Do you understand what I'm saying? So I'm speaking to you about speaking to your situation. And it's basically about your confession. How you will use your mouth to support the things that you wrote down. And the things that you prayed about. Amen. Ezekiel 37. Ezekiel 37. It's a very popular passage among Christians. The dry bones story. If you have ever come across it. Ezekiel 37. And I want to read with you. Everyone. I want to read with you. Ezekiel 37. Ezekiel 37 verse 1. We are reading all the way down. Are you ready? Are you ready? Alright. So let us start quickly. One go. The hand of the Lord was upon me. And carried me. Out in the spirit of the Lord. And set me down in the midst of the valley. Which was full of bones. Amen. Verse 2. And caused me. I can't hear you read it all. And caused me to pass by them round about. And behold, they were very many. In the open valley. And lo, they were very Dry. Verse 5. Thus saith the Lord God unto these bones. Behold, I will cause breath to enter into you. 
and ye shall live. Six. And I will lay sinews upon you and will bring up flesh upon you and cover you with skin and put breath in you and you shall live and you shall know that I am the Lord. Amen. So I prophesied as I was commanded and as I prophesied there was a noise and behold a shakening and the bones came together bone to bone and when I beheld lo the sinews and the flesh came upon them and the skin covered them above but there was no breath in them then said he unto me prophesy unto the wind prophesy son of man and say to the wind thus saith the Lord God come from the four winds O breath and breathe upon this slain that they may live God so I prophesied as he commanded me and the breath came into them and they lived and stood up upon their feet and an exceeding great army they stood upon their feet an exceeding great army so you see this popular passage about how God uh, go to the verse 1 I'm going to take it one by one how God showed an open vision okay to Jeremiah who was a seer and God showed him an open vision and started speaking to him Concerning the house of Israel, you see the story of the dry bones and uh, in the valley. The Bible says from verse 1 that the hand of the Lord was upon me and carried me out in the spirit of the Lord and set me in the midst of the valley which was full of bones. Now, you must understand that when the Bible says that the hand of the Lord came upon me, it is a biblical expression that represents the anointing of God was revived in me. The anointing of God was stirred up in me. Or the anointing of God was activated. You can carry an anointing, but unless it is activated, it will not work for you. You can carry an anointing. That is why the time you go to a man of God matters. Because even though a man of God carries an anointing, his anointing is not always working. It is not every time the anointing that the man of God maybe carries a healing anointing. It is not every time that is at work. The anointing of upon doesn't work every time. It, it works and then afterwards it lies low. Then something will provoke it. Then it will work. Then afterwards it lies low. So one of the best times to make a man of God pray for you is when he's ministering, not when he's in the office. That's the truth. One of the best times to, to catch an anointing is not when the man of God is eating or he's watching movies. Say, Daddy, I've come pray for me. <laughs> he will pray for you, but like the water is not stayed. <laughs> you understand? The anointing is at rest. But when he's ministering, that one 
the anointing is stirred up. So it can cost more results in your life than when you just meet him in the office. Amen. So the anointing of God came upon Ezekiel and took him into the spirit as a seer. His eyes opened and he entered into the spirit and he was watching something like a story. Amen. Then he said that the spirit of the Lord carried him and this time around positioned him in a valley that was full of dry bones. So he found himself in a situation of a valley. And if you know a little about typology, a valley represents a low level of life. It represents, when we say that you, are, you have entered into a valley, we are trying to say that you have gone to the lowest part of your life. That means that that is where things are very low. Things have become very difficult. Things have become some way in your life. Things are not really working. We say you are in the valley of your life. Or you are in the valley level of your life. But when things are up there, we say that Charlie, you are operating on the mountain. Like the way the eagle flies on the mountain. You are operating at the highest level. But when things are not going well, and you are, your, your finances have descended, life has gone low, we say you are in the valley. That is why there's a saying that he's the God of the mountain and the God of the valley. What they are trying to mean is that he's still God when Charlie things are booming. And he's still God when things are not working. Can I hear an amen? Oh, let me hear an amen. So what the Bible says that the hand of the Lord came upon Ezekiel and led him into the valley of dry bones. What he's trying to say is that God led him into a situation that was next to hopeless. Now, you must understand that there are three ways by which a person can find himself in an unpleasant situation. There are three ways you can find yourself in trouble. Say three ways. There are three ways you can find yourself in an unpleasant situation, in trouble, in a valley situation. The first way is when you are led by your own desire. When a person is led by his own desires. When a person is led by his own desires or a person leads himself into an unpleasant situation, you will find yourself in a situation not because God wanted you to be there, but you led yourself there. Amen. Are you following what I'm saying? For example, David found himself in an unpleasant situation. Found himself in, in adultery with a woman by name Beersheba. Why? Because he allowed his own self to lead him. The Bible says that when kings in Second Kings chapter 11, 1 and 2, when it was time for him to go out to go and work as a king, he was in his palace resting. And the Bible says that one of the nights he took a walk and then he saw a beautiful lady batting downstairs. You think? If you have stayed around some some areas where uh, there are story buildings. You see that you can be on a story building, but somebody's single room bathhouse is just below you. If somebody can be bathing there, you are at the top there, you, you, can, you can see the person. Now that was exactly what happened to, to David. He was on the top as a king, but down there were small, small buildings around. So he happened to see one of his slaves or soldiers' wife bathing. Are you following the story? So, he led himself. God didn't want him to find himself in that situation around that time. 
He shouldn't have been there. It's like time for, for outreach, time for shepherding, time for evangelism, time for us to go to church. And he said that you are resting. The devil can look for a work for you. He finds work for idle hands. Amen. Oh, amen. So, one can find himself in an uncomfortable situation, a difficult situation, not because God wanted you to suffer in that situation, but you led yourself there. By your own laziness, by your own indecision, by your own bad behavior, you led yourself in difficulty. You see a lot of Christians who are finding themselves in financial hardship. A lot of them, it is not because God wants them to be in financial hardship, but because of their miscalculation. Because they don't know how to plan their lives. Because they can't control their appetite. Because they are lazy. Instead of waking up, going to also look for a job, they are resting. Because they were advised that Charlie, go into this profession, do this trade. They say, no, I will not do it. I won't quit money. Then today they are suffering. Then it will be like they are serving God, but they are suffering. But the thing is that they found themselves in a valley by themselves. Hallelujah. So it is not everywhere you find yourself that God led you there. Tell somebody, it's not everywhere you find yourself that God led you there. It's not everywhere. There are some situations, temptations that are coming to you. They are coming to you not because God brought them to you. They are coming to you because your own feelings. The Bible says that your desire, when a man is tempted, is tempted because of his desires. So, the first thing that leads people to unpleasant situations, valley-like situations, is when they themselves leave themselves there, like we saw in the life of David. That the second way by which people can find themselves in unpleasant situation is by Satan leading them there. The devil can lead you. Tell somebody the devil can lead you. The devil can make you commit a mistake that will lead you in struggle for the rest of your life. <laughs> I say sometimes the most difficult thing for a pastor like myself who really cares about my people and loves my people genuinely is when I sit back and I watch the devil leading someone into a future trouble that I can see but the person can't see. And yet I sit down and there's nothing I can do about it because you talk to the person who not he won't listen. You talk to the person, she will not take it. So you just have to watch her or watch it. Get and you see the person will get there some years to come and then will <laughs> now be crying to you and there is nothing you can do about it. I have seen it over and over and over in this church. People that I counseled, people that I told that no, don't go this direction. People that I advised that no, this one will not help you. People that I told that Charlie, this one, it is, it is not from God. This one, it is just because Charlie, you are, you are frustrated or Charlie, you need quick money or Charlie, you, you are, you are tired of waiting for the, for the right thing. That, you see? And it is very difficult when you sit back and you watch them. Because let me tell you, the devil can lead you. Tell somebody the devil can be leading you. The devil can open doors. Tell him the devil can open doors. The devil can bring people into your life. You would think this is God. But it's not God. <laughs> it's, not, it's not God. It's not God. 
The devil can make you see an opportunity and you jump at it today and tomorrow you'll be suffering and it'll look like nothing can be done. You'll be praying, praying and then you'll be, you'll be in it for the rest of your life. There's one lady, anytime she comes to me, there's, there's nothing much I can see. I only pray with her and just encourage her. It will be well. Yeah, it will go well because there was a the time that she had a chance. You get it? And I was counseling her, I was talking to her, but she was defending this brother <laughs> and trying to make me feel like, Charlie, I don't want her to marry this brother. <laughs> but I just, I just stopped and I just continued. Help them, then they married. But today, she just, she always forces, she says that I should just give her a microphone to talk. To just talk to the ladies. <laughs> but I just tell her, no. It's too early for you to let everybody know your situation. It's too early. <laughs> it's too early. You see? So, there are, there are people who you enter into situation because Satan led you on. Look at Luke chapter 4. Luke chapter 4. Look at verse, verse 5. Now, you know that in Luke chapter 4, the Bible started by saying that the Spirit of God led Jesus, isn't it? To the wilderness. So we all know that God led him. So you would think that everything that happened on the mountain was by the leading of God. But the Bible says that in verse 5. And the devil, now taking him up into a high mountain, showed unto him all the kingdoms of this world in in a moment of time. Now when he arrived on the mountain, another spirit started leading him, not God. Another spirit started leading Jesus. It wasn't the spirit of God. The Bible said, who took him to the highest mountain? Oh, talk to me. Who took him there? The devil. It was the devil that directed Jesus that come. Come and see all this. Open that door for Jesus to see all those kingdoms. So listen. It is not everything that you are seeing that came from God. It's not everything that you are seeing. It's not every opportunity that we jump at. It's not everything you are seeing that came from God. The Bible says, and the devil took Jesus, carried him. I pray that may the devil not lead you into trouble. May the devil not lead you on into, into frustration. Because you see, when the devil leads you and you arrive there, it will take a miracle. For some of you, you, you have to suffer for the rest of your life. In respect of how you serve God, because you led yourself there. You made the certain junction in life. That's how it works. You didn't take a certain counsel. That's how it works. So you can find yourself in a situation. Look at verse 9. Verse 9, you see that the devil led him again. And he brought him to Jerusalem and set him on a pinnacle of the temple and said unto him, If thou be the son of God, cast thyself down. So what was happening there was solely the devil in charge. Ask him who is in charge of the decisions you are making. Oh, come on. Ask the one by who do you think is that? The fact that you started with God does not mean you are still with God. I hear what I'm trying to say. Are you hearing what I'm saying? I said what? The fact that you started with God does not mean that you are still with God. You see, sometimes God's voice was what started the journey or was what prompted the decision you made. But 
this thing can either be determined by God or by the devil. And that's what people don't understand. Okay? Are you getting what I'm saying? I am telling you that now listen. In verse 1, God initiated the move. But after verse 1, the devil took over. It was the devil was now leading Jesus, not God. And that is the mystery that a lot of us don't understand. That sometimes God will be the one to initiate the step that, listen, get up, go and do this, go here, move here, do this, do that, accept this, start this thing, go there. But it doesn't mean that every other thing that happens or that we do is from God. Because God told him, filled with the Spirit, came out from, from baptism and was led by the Holy Spirit into the wilderness. But when he arrived at the wilderness, the Bible says that everywhere he visited at the wilderness was determined by Satan. And he took him to the high mountain and showed him the glories of the world. And then he took him to the pinnacle of Jerusalem, of the temple, and showed him. And it was the devil taking him. Who is taking? Who is responsible for the decisions you are making currently? So, you may start a relationship by the direction of the Spirit. But the decisions you make in the relationship may not be from God. And that will lead you to the valley. I'm trying to make you understand how people get to the valley. You may decide by the leading of the Spirit that will pray, rise up, start a church. You started a church, but as to whether how you are running the church, whether God is still with you is another issue. And you find yourself in the valley. So the fact that God's voice said the first one does not mean the other decisions is being determined by God. You have to be careful because maybe the devil has taken over. And he's now leading you. You see that you find yourself in a valley. May God bring you out of every valley situation. I can't hear your loudest amen. And you see, because it was God that led you in the first instance, you are easily going to conclude or you may easily conclude that God is still leading you. I can easily be deceived that God is still leading me in the other decisions I'm making just because he initiated the first move. And that's what happens to a lot of people. God can open one door into a business or into a job. But other decisions you made when you entered may not be from God. And that is the way down. So, Ezekiel found himself in the dry bowl. Number one, I said three ways how people find themselves in the valley of dry bowl is either by their, their own decisions, leading themselves by their own desires, or two, by the devil. The devil can lead you on. He can show you way. He can direct you. Or number three, you can either be led by God, like we saw in verse one, and then verse two, can be led by God himself. And you can also be led by the devil. Look at how, how Satan, how Satan led, led Jesus, like I would have showed you, and also led Daniel into the lion's den. Is it God that sent Daniel into the lion's den? Oh, come on, so is it God that led Daniel into the lion's den? No, it was not God. It was who? Satan. Satan incited his enemies, and they trapped him. And it ended him up in the lion's den. But God came through for him. Anywhere the devil has led you, may God bring you out in the name of Jesus. May God intervene in the mighty name of Jesus. So God also leads you, that's the number three, by his spirit into unpleasant situation. 
So sometimes you find yourself in difficulty because God wants you to be there. Hmm? There are certain difficulties that God wants you to be there. Tell the one by you. There are certain situations God wants you to be there. God wants you to be there. Don't, don't, don't say the devil led you into that one. There are certain situations God led you there. God led them through the wilderness. He led them. Forty years they were in the wilderness. It was God that led them there. It was God. It was God that led Jesus into the mountain. First and foremost. It was God. Amen. So God can lead you. And in the case of Ezekiel, who led him to the valley of dry bones? It was the Spirit of God. So you can find yourself in unpleasant situations. Not because of your mistakes. You did everything right. Not because of your pleasures. You controlled yourself. Not because Satan was after you. But God himself led you into it. Do you remember Job? Who led Job into crisis? Come on, talk to me. Who led Job into the crisis? It was God. Job was minding his business. God went on a bet. <laughs> God went to provoke the devil. <laughs> Have you seen my son? The, the devil was minding his business. Job too was minding his business. And all the crisis of Job was just because God wanted to prove a point to the devil. Can you imagine? Yeah. So God himself led Job into crisis. But you see, anytime God leads you into the valley, there are three things involved. I said how many things? It means that one, there is a lesson to learn. There's a lesson you need for the next level or for where you are going. The Bible says that he led them through the wilderness so that in case they arrive in Canaan and they meet the giants and the soldiers, they will not be of a faint heart to run away from the war. So they should go through the wilderness to learn hardship and toughness so that when they arrive in Canaan, they will be able to contend for the land. So God took them, God took them through the wilderness so that he would try their hearts to see what was in their heart so that when they get to Canaan, they will not betray him. These are the reasons why God leads you through the valley. To try your heart. Tell somebody to try your heart. To teach you a lesson. To test you. To teach you a lesson. To test you. Some of you, you need a lesson of patience. <laughs> Say patience. Some of you, you need a lesson of long suffering. Because you need it for your assignment. Some of you, your assignment determines that you have a very big heart. A heart of love. But how can you cultivate a heart of love and charity unless you have been through something? Oh yes. You check, check the whole world. People that are into serious philanthropic work. Donation, taking care of poor people. Aside those who are doing it for the camera. Because he's an athlete. He's a sportsman. That's a way for people to clap for you. Or he's a journalist. He wants a name. So people will clap for him. Aside those fake people. The real people. Watch them. They are people who have suffered those same issues before. Yeah. You learn how to laugh when you go through hatred. When you go through hunger, you learn how to feed others. Wherever I am today, 
it's as a result of what I went through. Do you, you get it? I can relate. When I meet a child who is stranded, I can relate. When I meet someone who needs help, I can relate. I can relate because I've been there before. What you must become in the future, God can lead you into a valley as a result of what you must become in the future because there are lessons to learn. There are lessons to learn. Ask the one by you, what are you learning? Because some of you, you, are, you don't even know you are in the school of life. You don't even, you are just complaining by heart. You don't even know you are in the school of life. Some of you, you are learning how to love. You are learning how to forgive. You are learning how to be patient. You are learning how to, how to, how to forgive, how, how to be patient, how to be kind. You are learning how to suffer long. You are learning how to, how to smile in the face of opposition. You are learning so many things through what you are going through. I'm telling you. May God give you the grace. May God give you the grace. Because you see, the problem with the school of life is that your graduation is not determined by the school authority. It is determined by you, the student. Your ability to learn it fast and move on. Your graduation, you can be there for 10 years and you are still believing God for one miracle. And somebody just comes for 3 months and he gets it and it's gone. Because what you must learn, you still not learn it. So you are in demotion. But the day you learn it, you are promoted. Now, when God allows you, or when God leads you into the valley situation, another thing that happens is that He makes a solution for you. He makes a way. The Bible says that many are what? The afflictions of the right, but the Lord brings Him out of them all. If God is the one who leads you into the situation, or if Satan leads you into the situation, God can make a way for you. There is no valid situation that God, you see, it becomes difficult when you lead yourself there. Because until you learn certain lessons, you may be there for a, long, a very long time. But the, the good news is that for every situation you find yourself, God can make a way out for you. And I pray for everyone here that for every difficult, unpleasant situation you find yourself, may God make a way for you. I said, may God make a way for you. Hallelujah. Clap your two hands for Jesus. Now, one last thing about when God leads you and you find yourself in a valley is that God, once God leads you there, it could be that you are the solution to the situation. In the case of Ezekiel, he was the solution to the situation of the dry bone. So God what? Led him into the valley, to the dry bones. So some of you, you were born where you were born because you are the solution to the situation where you were born. You entered into that place because you carry the solution for them. You are actually what they are looking for. And yet a lot of us, we are not happy about where we find ourselves. But the issue is that we were born to solve the problem. We were brought there to solve the problem. I pray that may you not fail your, your generation. I said may you not fail your family. Because when I was much younger, I used to ask God, ah, God, so if you had these great plans and these great destinies for me, and look at how I've started very early, I'm, I'm loving you, serving you, and I'm preaching around as a young boy, why did you give me this family? That was a multi-million dollar question that I used to ask God. That God, why should this be my father? Why should this be my, my, my mother? Why should I be from this family? 
at least you love me, you know, you should have positioned me strategically. <laughs> Say strategically. That is your selection, <laughs> And I know some of you are here. <laughs> you are thinking in the same way. I go, why did you bring me into this family? Why did you bring me into this school? Why did you bring me into this office? Why did you bring me into this neighborhood? Why did you bring me into this marriage? You are the solution. I said, well, you carry the solution. You are the Joseph of that generation. You carry the solution for that family. You carry the solution for that generation. You carry the solution for that group of people. You carry the solution for that workplace. You carry the solution for that office. Say, I am the solution. Clap your two hands together for the Lord. So Ezekiel was the solution to that valley of dry bones. Now I pray that you, your eyes should be open to see what God wants to do with your own life as the solution to the problem. Amen. So going back to Ezekiel's story, the Bible says that after God led him to the valley of dry bones by his own spirit and then opened his eyes and he saw the dry bones, the Bible says that and then he caused me go back to the scripture for me he caused me to go round about it and then he said and yea indeed it was really dry do you understand what that means it means that God allowed him to do a careful assessment of the situation he find himself in and indeed it was really impossible it was really an issue. You see, that is where Charlie, you know that God is there. You know that Charlie, God is powerful. But when you look at the situation in which you are, and you look at what is happening around you, you are tempted to think that uh, this one may not be part of the things that God can do. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Ezekiel did a careful analysis of the situation. And Ezekiel realized that Charlie, these dry bones are not partially dry. He said, and indeed, they were very dry. That means that Charlie, this one here, kayaking. Some of you, you look at your situation and say, this one here, I'm not sure that this year it will happen. You look at your situation and say, this one here, the way you see, if, if, if we were to be a normal person who, who, who cares me, it's normal. But as for this person, he is a principality. As for this one, Charlie is too powerful. Do you know what he has done to brother A, uh, sister B? And so it's like you, you measure <laughs> the problem and then you ascribe a level of power that you think God cannot overcome. But there is nothing impossible with God. Can I hear your amen? I said what? There is nothing impossible with God. So God decided, after his analysis, God decided to teach him a lesson. A lesson that makes things happen in our favor. And that is what I'm I'm talking about. The power of confession. God taught him the lesson that makes things happen. Which is the lesson of what? Confession. 
How God uses confession to turn things around, hopeless situations around. Listen, you can use your mouth to change the situation you find yourself in. I said you can do what? This is what God, the, the whole story of the dry bone is about how a man can use his mouth to change the situation that he finds himself in. That's the whole story. Bible says that, and then God came to him. And God asked a question. And I, I, I like the question that God asked. God asked him, son of man, it is the son of God. It's the son of man. Why son of man? In other words, according to your human knowledge and your human understanding, by your human limitations and strengths and abilities, do you think that these bones can live? Already you have assessed it and you have concluded that it is impossible. It is very dry. Do you think it can live? Do you think it can live? Now, why did God ask that question? God asked that question because when God wants to move in, in your life, most at times, God decides to consult your mentality to determine the opportunity that he brings you. When God wants to bless a man, most of the times he consults his mentality. How you think is what determines what you think. I hear what, 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 what I'm saying. The Bible says, as the man thinks in his heart, so is he. He says he will do exceedingly abundantly above all that you can think and ask. It's about what you think. So before God turns to a hopeless situation, that thing that you think is so impossible, before he turns it around, deep evening he's consulting your mentality. And negativity mentality can never give birth to a positive situation. Can never. You have played. What am I talking about? What I'm talking about? I'm talking about it because a lot of you can destroy your travel prayer request by your confession. And a lot of you, all that is left, you have prayed, you have fasted, you have given offerings, you have done all those things. The only thing that is left is to use your mouth to water it. To use your mouth to confess it. To use your mouth to, to prophesy it. And you are not doing so. Rather, after the 40 days, everything that comes out of your mouth is negativity upon negativity. Negativity upon negativity. I'm stopped, you know. Me pray, in your mind, ha, ya bonpaya, she is, in your mind, ya, 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 I hear what I'm saying. Tell somebody, don't, don't, don't confess negative. Don't confess negative. You have written that you want to marry this year with your own mouth. You say, hey, you. Say, say me kind. Then why did you write it? You have written that lot. Number one, I need a good job with your own mouth. They say, I did unemployed association. With your hand you have written. But see, with your mouth you are confessing negative. God consults your mentality before he determines your opportunities. You cannot have... He, 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 he asked him, 
Ezekiel, do you think that this post will leave? Do you think that it will leave? Now, I want to ask you a question. Do you think you will succeed? Don't, 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 don't play that, that, that. Look at yourself well and talk to yourself. Do you think that you will succeed? You. Like, are you, are you convinced beyond every reasonable doubt that me, me I'll be one of the richest people in my family. Like, have you caught yourself believing? Do you think that challenge you will marry? Do, do you think it? Or you look in the mirror and all you see is a failed lady? Do you think it? I know you wrote it because I asked you to write. But do you think it? Do you think it will happen? Or you think that the situation is too difficult? And this economy, this demon that is after me, it destroyed my father, it destroyed my grandfather, it destroyed my nanakaswa. Say, Pastor, you don't know. Do you know where I'm coming from? You see, how do you think? What you think determines what you take. Say, what I think determines what I take. What you think? <laughs> Do you know that when you go to a shelf or to a store, you pick what you think? <laughs> you, are not, you, you don't understand what I... You think I'm doing rhymes. I'm not doing nursery rhymes. I'm talking to you about reality. When you go to a shop, or you... Okay, uh, let me even stop saying shop. Some of you don't like shop. When you go to full line. Some of you like that one. You, you easily understand. When you go to full line, La Paz, some of you have been seeing you at La Paz. When you are measuring the dress and obroni wewu of everything. When you go, the way you think is what determines what you take. True or not true? You will look for a black whatever because as you were going, in your mind, I need a black trouser. So you may get there and meet the blue, and the blue will be tempting you. You pick it over. You see, now come here. You see, you're almost crazy, babe. What you are thinking? So listen to me. We have all come to lay our prayer request. But what we will take is not dependent on what we wrote, it's determined by what we think. If you can think it, you can. You are not here. If you can think it, you can. You can think it. Begin to think about that job. Begin to think about that profession. Begin to see yourself carrying your baby. Begin to see yourself pregnant. Begin to see yourself with your husband. Imagine your wedding. Imagine yourself in that office. See yourself in that uniform. See yourself doing that thing that the Lord has called. Begin to think it. Begin to think it. Begin to think it. So that you can take it. Otherwise, travel will come and travel will go. But you don't know the principle of thinking and confessing. God asked Ezekiel, Ezekiel, do you think that these tribes? Ezekiel, I know you have assessed it. I know you have examined it. And I know you have concluded that this one is very dry. 
But do you think they can leave? I can't go past you to make them leave. Do you think they can leave? God cannot go past you to work the miracle. He needs to consult your thinking. He needs to consult your imagination. Exceedingly abundant above all that you can think and imagine. For as he thinks, so is he. Hmm. Can these dry bones leave? You, can you complete this school? Is the question God is asking you. Do you think you can complete this school? <laughs> Do you think that you can marry to the end? Is the question. Because some people tried it and they failed in your family. And you have seen divorce all around you. And you have seen failed relationships all around you. And this gentleman, is the, can this one end in marriage? Or it will end like Kujo's own? Can it end? In a testimony. Or it will just be one of the tests that came your way. So that question was very, very cardinal. Now, like I told you, the month of August is what? Watering travel. So everything I've done in August is just to help your travel to work. I'm a pastor. I'm not a prophet. So, my duty is to help you to achieve that which we have prophesied over you. That which you have written down. And aside the weapon of testimony, you need to learn confession. And for you to confess, you must it start from the brain. How your mind is working is what determines what will be coming out of your mouth. Be declaring your choice. Be declaring your job. Be declaring your admission. I'll get admission. I'll get admission. I'll be employed this year. Don't postpone it. I said, don't postpone it. Believe it. Believe it. God did not ask Ezekiel that, how do you think this thing can live? Your problem is not the how to. Leave the how to for God. I said, do what? Leave the how to for God. You see, a lot of times that when I sit down, it hurts me so much that I didn't catch this principle early enough, even though my pastor taught me. I didn't catch it early enough. Maybe I was too young by then, but I, I, I could have done better. You know, when I completed JHS, I had every opportunity. My science, I had one. Mathematics, that was one of my poorest. I had two. So, like I was supposed to do, uh, 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 when, when I went to school, later on, when I got admission, I went to school. They said, oh, do science. You, you, you can do science. English, one, math, oh, do science. Then I said, no, do you know how I came here? My first school fees was paid, sponsored by Totoro. Had to come and do what science? <laughs> Had to come and do what? What are you talking about? <laughs> do you know how I came here? And you see, around that time, all I used to think about about science has to do with rich people's children who can go to the university and do doctor. I thought all about science was doctor. I didn't even know there were branches. You can't even go into engineering and other things. So that if your father can't fly you out of the country to be some surgeon, at least you have some engineering and other things you can do. I didn't know. As a little boy, I didn't know. So, when I saw how I struggled to gather the first school fees, and God be so good that people dash me their chopper and their trunk. 
from their house. <laughs> what they have used that, that's what I took to school. My trunk was somebody's marriage trunk. You know, in those days, they, they marry with trunk. It was not student trunk. That big trunk. Very big. It's like a coffin. You are laughing. If you laugh at me, I do you see. It was, a, it was a shock. That's the issue. Because I don't get anywhere to put it. So I remember that it was by my bedside. I have this picture uh, in my thing. Or by my bedside. And it was very big. Mostly my seniors to be complaining. Who cried? Who cried? Who cried? Then they said, no. You should be here because I'm coming late and I wanted to do business. And they said, no, business guy is full. General is full. You are coming second term. First term, the everywhere is full. You can't get any admission here with those things. But after science, dear, because my science. Go and do science. And I said, no. You see, little did I know that even the help that God was about to give me they, they were science-based people. If I had done science, I could have been a doctor before even becoming a pastor because the man who adopted me, he had laboratories, actually is in the line doing, planning to come up with his own hospital. He has a lot of things at Kolebu, as I'm talking to you now. Like he's into medicals. That like he would have loved that, but I couldn't believe that next time I was going to land a breakthrough. I couldn't believe it. I couldn't think it. I said, my poverty mind told me that I'm a poor boy. I couldn't think that. I was a poor boy. So Charlie, let me just look for something that can be school now. Manalo komachu. Maminya bibiya mi yesko. Maminya bibiya ye. Amen. But if I, if I, if I, that, that's what I'm telling that some of you and you, you will regret it too if you don't start thinking right. You don't start thinking right. For prayer, we are prayed. 40 days of prayer. So I'm not here tonight to make you pray. I'm here to, I'm working on you. Because the testimonies must flow. Tell somebody, Charlie, you have prayed or you have fasted. The testimony, and year after year, we still come here. No, there should be something to show. With some tether, they, they, they very soon will laugh at us. So your, your, your prayers will see there. Okra, who be this of man kebebo? What person? Yeah, yeah, who be? Who did who did this of man kebebo? Yeah, who said who this of? Because every day you are going to church, and still you are single. No man is coming. Every day you are in church, and they, they look at you and say, "Oh, I saw you go unye kuno, unye kuno. Eya taako club, eya taako iye." They will start telling you things. They, uh, as, as, as funny as it looks, some of you are already hearing those things. That they be out quite sorry if it's an apartment in your mirror. I say, I wish you would be. I say, I want to go. I say, I wish you would be. I know what I'm talking about. They will start telling you that go outside, you meet people. There are no people in the church. Start thinking right. I said, start doing what? Think right. Think right. Are you to you go to school? Don't listen where the school is to come from. Forget about it. Forget about it. 
Yours is to learn and pass. Where would the school fees come from? It's God's business. It's not your business. It's not your business. It's not my business. How I'll marry is not my business. Just imagine you are married. Think it. That Charlie, I'm getting married. My own husband is dead. Think it. Charlie, you carry your own children. Oh. I said, you do what? You will carry your own children. Because no baker make his children beg for bread. Have you, have you ever seen one before? That a bread seller and his children are begging for bread. Say, my father is an eternal baby maker. Say it. I can never be a baby beggar. You didn't hear what I said. Say, my father is an eternal baby maker. I can never be a baby beggar. You see, you should think this and confess this. Bible says, silver and gold, he says, my father is the owner of money. I can never beg for money. If you can't think it, you can't take it. Ezekiel, can these tribes be? And that is God's question to you. That in your estimation, these five prayer requests, are they possible in your estimation? It's not about what God thinks. God is consulting your mentality. To determine your reality. If you can't think it, you can't have it. You can't have it. You can't have it. But I have a good news for you. Did you hear what I said? I have a good news for you. That after this month, you are going to begin to think positive, confess positive, and all the five requests, they will begin to chase you off. They will begin to chase you off. They will begin to chase you off. Let me hear your amen. It's happening. It's happening. I'm imagining a church filled with thousands of people. I'm imagining a church where people are parking their cars and they are getting down husband and wife with children. 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 I'm imagining a church where politicians are taking the front row. I'm imagining a church where kings, royal majesty are sitting on the left and on the right. I'm imagining a church where rich men and women, professional doctors, lawyers, artisans are filled the church. I'm imagining a church of great people. Imagine, I'm thinking it. I'm thinking it. I'm thinking it. I'm coloring it in my mind. You don't think about your wedding and be there. You don't think. Don't think about your babies and be there. If you can think it, you can. If you can think it, you can. Take it. If you can think it, you can. If you can think it, you can. Go back home thinking about it. I think it, I think it. I think it, I think it. I think the job, I think it. I think the marriage, I think it. I think the traveling opportunity, I think it. I think it, I think it. The mega church, I think it, I think it. Don't look at what people are saying and what people are doing. You think it and you think it. They said churches don't grow here. Rescue has grown here. Think it, you think it. Think it, you think it. Thank you to take it. And then he told Ezekiel, he said, now, let me show you, let me take you to the way to turn this impossible thing to possibility. He said, prophesy. 
tell somebody by you tell him prophesy. prophesy. And listen, I thank God that he didn't say man of God, prophesy. He said son of man. Do you understand what it means when you are called son of man? Just say nipaba. Uyabuaba. Bizobita uyabuaba. Uyenipaba. You, come on, you, so you don't need to be a pastor. Uh, you didn't hear what I said. I said you don't need to be a pastor. You don't need to be a prophet. You don't need to be a bishop. You don't need to be an archbishop. All that you need is to be born by a woman. If you are the son of a man, if you are the son of a woman, if you are the daughter of a man, you can speak your marriage into being. You can speak your children into being. You can speak your job into being. You can speak your house into being. You can speak your job into being. Son of man, prophesy. Son of man, speak it. A man of God. Are you hear what I'm saying? You don't need it. Speak it today as I'm going out. Man is going to gravitate towards me. Speak it. <laughs> Speak it. God will make a way where there is no way. He will make rivers in the desert. He will come through for me. Even when my enemies think it is over with me, a light will show forth. And God will smile at me. And God will make a way for me. Where they have given up for me. Where they said it is too late. It's too late. You should have come earlier. You should have been the firstborn. Some of you, your parents have told you, they live like you were the firstborn. Those days I had money. I had money. See, your, your brothers, I took them to school. You had the last one. You came at the wrong time. But I speak over your life. It is not too late for you. I said it is not too late for you if only you can speak it so after this chapter enter into you see listen the word prophesy there does not mean see vision a lot of people think that always oh, somebody is a prophet it means he sees vision that's not that's not true the word prophesy means speak it's from the greek word prophet you which means speak so when we said and he prophesied it simply means and he spoke speak Something that will happen or something that must happen in the future. That is what we mean, prophet. That's why he told him that prophet that he should have, should have, told, him, he should have told him that uh, maybe see visuals. No, he said, Speak, speak to the tribe. Prophesy. So to prophesy means to speak, speak your destiny. Speak it. Speak it. You see, the way we we decode the mind of God is what brings difference among men of God. See, this is why it's the seer, this one. They just decode the mind of God. Some will use the Bible to decode it. Some will also use open vision to decode it. Then they say, oh, I'm standing here, I've entered here, I'm seeing this, I'm seeing that. Then they are mentioning numbers and figures. That is the fear. That is the a way the person is decoding what someone else will catch through the word of God. And someone else will hear in his ears, may not see pictures, but will hear in his ears. But all of them, after they decode, Someone too will not hear. He will not see. He will not read. But when he sees you, he will feel you. He will feel like God wants to do this thing. And he will tell you that listen, I, I sense that God is going to do this. But you see, when we say somebody has prophesied, it simply means that he has told you something. 
So after they saw, after they heard, after they feel, it is the saying, what they say is what we call prophecy. If they saw and they didn't say, they are not a prophet. If they heard and they didn't say, it's not a prophet. If they felt, discerned and they didn't say, it's not a prophet. So a prophet is not someone who saw a vision. A prophet is someone who told you and it happened. How he got it is the medium to decode. And God told Ezekiel, prophesy, speak it. Now, what do you speak? He said that, and he said, prophesy upon this situation and say unto them, all she goes, hear the word of the Lord. Listen, talk to the situation. Don't talk about the situation. We have written prayer points. My dear, don't go about talking. And I won't see. And you see, see these exams. You see, everybody, everybody, question five. Will be everywhere. Everybody. Mathematics, everyone, will be Don't talk about the situation. Speak. Don't say in my family. Nobody gives birth. No, everybody struggles. Don't say in my family. Don't talk about the situation. Speak to the situation. Say, I'm marrying this year. Say, I'm getting employed. Don't say that there is no honorable person for my family. Say, I am the honorable one for my family. Speak to the situation. Speak. And what do you say? God told him what he should say. He said, hear the word of the Lord. What do we say? The word of the Lord. What do we say? The word of the Lord. What do we say? So speak the thing that God has told you. He has promised you children. He has promised you marriage. He has promised you a job. He has promised you an opportunity. Speak that one. You want it. So say it. Don't be afraid. Don't, don't be afraid. Don't, don't bother about who will mock you. Or who will laugh at you. Don't be afraid. Say it. Say it. Speak it. I am the head and not the tail. I cannot be unemployed. I am gainfully employed. Me today, book application now. But you keep confessing, I am gainfully employed. You keep confessing, I am, I am admitted in the university. Meanwhile, you are still writing remedial. You keep confessing, I am going to school. I am not a school dropout. Meanwhile, you are at home. But you are confessing it. That's what he told you. The word of the Lord. Listen. Don't talk about the word of a man. Talk about the word of God. Don't talk about what they said in the news. Confess the word of God. That, that is what, what carries the power to change hopeless situation in the word of God. All things were made through the way. So your destiny can be repaired by the way. And I love it. Look at the things he said. It happened. Pe, pe, pe. Look at it. Verse 5. Look at the things he said. And that's what we are going to speak. Not prayer. You are going to leave this place speaking. Speaking. Just speaking to yourself. Just speaking. Convincing yourself. That saith the Lord God unto these bones. Behold, I will cause breath to enter into you. And you shall live. You see, God told him, say that I will let breath enter. And you shall, and then he said it. So you to speak that this relationship will be well. Speak that things will change. Speak that my husband will get better. Speak that my, my, my wife will do well. Speak that everything like say something. Speak it. Speak it. 
and then you shall live. To live there means to be revived. The word live there means revive. The thing is dead, but it bounces back. It works again. And then the Bible says that. And then he said, And I spoke as I was commanded. I spoke as I was commanded. Then the Bible said, When he spoke, immediately, flesh started coming to the dry bone. Flesh! Do you know dry bones? They were not together. They were broken apart. But they started joining. Shakening started happening. Listen. When you start speaking in the spirit, what happens is that the... It's like, spiritually, some organization begins. But physically, you can't see with your eyes. Ezekiel had to be in the spirit before he saw that bones were moving to bones. Meanwhile, at that time, the army was not yet up. But in the spirit, bones were moving to bones. So sometimes then, as you are speaking, angels are organizing the thing you are saying. But physically, it has not manifested. But you must continue to speak. The more you speak, the more the organization. The more you speak, bone joins to bone. Sinews come. Flesh starts coming. Everything that you need starts arranging itself. Doors start opening. Meanwhile, physically it does not happen. You may think you are wasting time. But as you are speaking, things are moving. Things are knocking things. Things are moving. Things are shaking. Bible says that and immediately there was the shaking. There were bones that came together to join bones. And flesh came. But what surprised me was that of the prophecy didn't happen until the son of man prophesied again that means that speaking once is not enough for the completion of your miracle look at it he said but there was no bread in it then said he unto me prophesy unto the wind specifically is that if that aspect has been happy, prophesy, continue. That means that say it until it becomes exactly what you want. Don't leave it in the middle. Don't leave it in the middle. You said, I'll get a good job. I'll get a good pay and a good timing job. And then you got a job. The job gives you time, but the money is no good. The prophecy has started, but it's not complete. Don't accept it. You said, I am going to get married and I'll be happily married. And then you get a husband. But so so beatings. The prophecy is not complete. So, what you wrote down until you see it perfected, keep confessing it. Keep confessing it. You said, God, I believe I have twins. And then you, you realize that they say, Oh, you have only one. Don't stop talking it. Keep saying it. Keep, keep what? Saying it. Because it can address the remaining portion of the prophecy. He got half of the prophecy, but the remaining portion was hanging. Until God told him, Keep doing what you are doing. It's working. Keep doing what you are doing. Keep speaking. Keep declaring. Keep saying it. My dear, keep saying it. Don't stop talking it. Keep declaring. Keep saying it. You will do well. 
you will not end in Odoko. Keep saying it. You will not end up in this village, in this town. Keep saying it. That the Lord will take you to the nations of the earth. I remember when we started, I kept, I kept saying that God will keep us in Accra. I kept, I kept declaring it. I kept saying God will keep us in Accra. There was a the woman, the, the woman who helped us when we were putting up this place. Then she, she would say that, we can be here like five years then let's plan and then get some land around uh, this new side that, that have come then I will say that I believe that God will keep me in Accra here I believe that God will give me a place I kept saying it recently she reminded me she said I'm so good here who said I said that I'm not around keep saying it keep saying it keep saying it it's good to say it is what you say. You may not know how. You may not know when. But keep saying it. He is able. He is able. He is able. Is somebody following me? Is somebody following me? He is able. The Bible tells us. In 2 Corinthians 4.13. It said, We have this same spirit of faith. As we speak. He said that, For we have believed. And so have we spoken. As they believed. And so they spoke. So the spirit of faith. It believes. And then it speaks. It doesn't keep quiet. That is how to win. In travail. Don't go to your business. How they get to their cry. Since their business is slow. People are not coming to church. No. People are coming to church. Money is coming. I said what? People are coming. And I said, what? Money is coming. The project cannot stop. The project is continuing. Because money is coming. Speak it. Confess it. Confess it. The Bible tells us in Mark eleven twenty three. It says that, For whosoever shall say to this mountain, Be thou removed, and be thou planted in the sea. You must learn to say it. That's how it works. That's how it works. You know that David brought down Goliath without a sword. Do you know what brought Goliath down? The words of David. First Samuel 17. I think verse 44 there about. The words of David is what brought Goliath down. Look at what David said. First Samuel. Let me close with that. And we bless the Lord. Quick. First number 17. Verse 45. Therabah. Read. Then David said to the Philistine, You come to me with a sword and with a spear, with a shield, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. Verse 46. Verse 46. This day, Will the Lord deliver you into my hand? And I will kill you and take your head off. And I will give you see, and by the time he was saying this, he didn't have a sword. But he said he will cut off the head. Where will he get the sword? <laughs> Don't wait till you have the money before you say I'm building. Speak it. Don't wait to have yesterday. <laughs> a woman was sharing her testimony about how she got married. Then I realized that Charlie levels day. 
I know God helped me, but her story is 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 it blew me out away. Two days ago, it blew me away like that. <laughs> but that's the feeling telling me as I was like, wow. I've heard stories of how people married, but the man that he married is a junior pastor in a church. A junior pastor who sleeps in the church. Sleeps in the church. And they had nothing. They just said, we want to marry. And they started counseling without any. They were sleeping in the church and go. Like, I thought I had a testimony, but when I heard a testimony, I was shocked. The man was sleeping, like the way we have a church, the man sleeps here. And they have started counseling with you. You two, you don't have any proper job anyway. There was no money. You are a Sunday school teacher. That, 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 that story. Then he said, when they started the counseling, one man, two men, the one woman, scored them. Ah, I've heard that you before I'm going for counseling. Okay, have you started buying your things? She said, no, we don't have anything. Then the woman gave her first thousand Ghana. That, oh, okay, you guys take this thousand Ghana to uh, start buying something. Then she said she was just there. Then this uh, fiancé called her one evening, uh, one day. That's that thousand cities, Madam Susan is going to give us. Is it there? Then she said, Yes. Then, then the man said, Come to church with it today. We are going to sow it. That's it. Hey, you don't understand principle. Isn't it? When you hear testimony, look at what the person did. You don't look at it. That's why Sunday I taught you how to share testimony. What you did must be mentioned. Because if you don't tell us what you did, you have robbed us of the, of the formula to reproduce it. Then they took the thousand and sold it. Oh! Then after was <laughs> the rest was history. About five people paid for the man's shoe. Every one of them thought they bought the shoe for the man. But the real person who gave the shoe for the man shipped three shoes from the state. The man doesn't know from anywhere. The man doesn't know. This one will call them, give them this. People paid for their uh, 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 wedding gown. Someone she had helped when they were in the university so many years ago. Just found her number somewhere through Facebook. Called her and then was, was chatting. Hey, where have you been? Then the person there said, oh, I'm about to marry you. Then the person ah, do you remember that when we completed school? I told you that when you are about to marry, I'll, I'll dress you because the way you helped me to complete school. Then he said, take this site. This site. Go to the internet. Go and look for this site. It's a shop. They sell uh, clothes. Select everything that you want. Your wedding gown, what you wear on Sunday, whatever. I will pay and ship it. You are waiting to get money to marry. She said, money came from so many places. By the time we finished, we used the rest of them. He said, when we finished the wedding, everybody in the church, when they do wedding, they will get maybe one small envelope. We got three big, big envelopes. Big, big. In fact, when we finished the gifts that came, this one sending this, this one sending that. Even children were putting five, five cities in envelope to come and give. He said, by the time we finished, we got money for our first investment. As a couple, 
they, they invested into properties with their wealth. You are owing. Tell somebody, go and marry and stop that, that, that nonsense. You are, you are fornicating. Go and marry. I prophesy you will build your house by faith. You will complete that school by faith. You will travel out of this country by faith. That business, it will grow by faith. The Lord shall connect you to another level by faith. I'm telling you, clap your two hands. And rise up to your feet. Beloved, thank you for listening to this message by Reverend Prince Lai. If you have been blessed by this message and have not surrendered your life to Jesus Christ, kindly say this prayer after me. Lord Jesus, I believe you are the Son of God. I believe you died that I may live. Please forgive me and wash me with your blood. I believe I am a child of God. Thank you for saving me. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. If you have said this prayer, know that your sins have been forgiven and you are now a new creation. We invite you to worship with us on Sundays at Odoko, adjacent Best Point Savings and Loan, Odoko Market. For more information, please call 0543 248. 982 or 0241-372-895. God richly bless you.